0: Stem Cells at Lunch Digested is brought to you by the Centre for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College London. My name is Blaise Louis. I'm a PhD student here at the Centre for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine Um, and today welcome to another episode of Stem Cells at Lunch Digested. Uh, Today we're joined by Dr. John Connolly. He is from the Institute of Bioengineering at Queen Mary University. Uh, Hello John. Hello. Um, So I guess to start us off, could you just give a little bit of your academic journey so far?
1: Right, so um, my... My original background or my academic training has been in bioengineering. And so, I did my undergraduate degree uh, at Cornell University in the US, and then uh, I did my PhD at uh, Georgia Tech uh, in Atlanta. Uh, and so, that work was primarily focused on uh, biomaterials and studying how cells interact with those materials and how that regulates their, their differentiation. Uh, and then I came over to the UK uh, to do a postdoc um, with Fiona Watt uh, when she was in, in Cambridge. Uh, And that was, again, looking at how cells interact with materials, um, in this case, um, epidermal stem cells and how that regulates uh, their differentiation. And so uh, the focus of my work kind of throughout that has been using engineering tools and biomaterials to study uh, cell biology. Um, And so I started at Queen Mary as a group leader in 2010 and kind of continued in that, that same stream. How uh, cell and material or cell and protein interactions uh, influence their fate and function.
0: Okay, cool. So, maybe a little bit more in depth. So, I know a bit, so I know you work with skin. Mm -hmm. Um, So, have you always worked with that cell type and with biomaterials? Yeah.
1: So, during my uh, PhD, I was working with uh, mesenchymal stem cells. So, these are cells that are uh, restricted to differentiating just into mesenchymal lineages. And we were uh, looking at how. Cell material and cell ECM interactions we're regulating uh, chondrogenesis, which is the, the differentiation into a, a chondrocyte or cartilage uh, cell, uh, and then since um, my postdoc, I've been working primarily with uh, keratinocytes um, from the epidermis, uh, and more recently we've been doing some work with dermal fibroblasts.
0: Okay, cool.
1: So currently, it's it's focused just on the the skin.
0: Hmm. So what would you say were the main applications of your work? Yeah.
1: Um. So. We're interested primarily in how cells fundamentally sense these signals and uh, how that affects their behavior and how that influences their uh, normal processes of, of homeostasis and how the tissue maintains itself. Um, but also, if these processes can are disrupted, how does that contribute to diseases? And some of the diseases that we're um, interested in are blistering skin diseases such as epidermolysis um, and also scar formation such as uh, keloid scarring. Um, And then some more of our recent work is also focused on uh, wound healing and how the skin is able to heal and repair itself.
0: Okay, so what would you say are some of the biggest challenges maybe facing your area of work at the moment?
1: I think one of the the challenges that we, we face is trying to integrate the engineering tools and technologies with the cell biology methods and approaches and sometimes our um, materials aren't always compatible with those assays or we can't uh, use enough cells or generate enough samples to do standard cell biology assays or more current cell biology approaches such as um, RNA sequencing or single cell sequencing um, and, so, and some of the staining procedures are also um, not always compatible so trying to Match those two up and, and combine them is, is often a, a challenge for us.
0: Mm-hmm. So, because I guess with the micro patterning, that's very sort of spatial, sort of defining the area that a cell yeah. has to spread. So, I guess. Yeah, you know. so the
1: micro patterning is a, a good example mm-hmm. of that. So, we've been um, culturing cells on the micro patterns, and it's a nice way of manipulating their, their cell shape. Um, but it's also difficult to get enough cells off of the patterns to do things like RNA sequencing or. Even more advanced techniques such as uh, chip seek or other um, next generation sequencing methods, mm-hmm. and so we've been trying different ways of you know, scaling that up, so tr- being able to just make larger patterns to get more cells, and also adapting the um, the assay or the sequencing methods for lower cell numbers. And so that's one example where we're facing that sort of challenge.
0: Okay. Um, and so, apart from the micro patterns, are there any sort of other sort of biomaterials that you guys use in the lab a lot? Yeah.
1: So, we've been using micro patterns a lot historically, but we're now moving more towards uh, three dimensional models. Um, and one of the technologies that we're, we're quite excited about is 3D bioprinting. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about that in my uh, seminar today. But uh, we have some new uh, equipment and facilities um, specifically for. Three uh, D bioprinting and trying to create uh, more complex uh, three dimensional models of the skin.
0: Mm-hmm. So with that, you're directly printing cells, or are you yeah, sort of yeah. creating environments in which you put the cells. So how exactly yeah. do the so so, so
1: bioprinting? Um, it's uh, it's similar to three D printing in that you're you're building up a, a three dimensional structure by depositing uh, a material kind of layer by layer. Um, but the case in well specifically in bioprinting, you're working with usually soft materials that have cells embedded in them. So those are usually things like uh, hydrogels. Um, and so, yes, the cells are mixed with the hydrogel material as you're printing it. And um, there are different ways of uh, cross-linking or fixing that material as it's as it's being built up.
0: Okay, um, cool. That's and that's so that's nice. been
1: one of the more exciting developments and an area of um, interest for us at the moment. Mm-hmm.
0: I guess that kind of directly leads on to the next question, which was, so what is kind of like really exciting things in the field at the moment that you feel for maybe sort of bioengineering and maybe yeah. maybe skin as well?
1: Yeah. So there's a, I mean, 3D bioprinting as a, as a field is really exploding and there's tons and tons of more papers coming out every week and lots of people are, are getting involved with it. Um, and I think one of the exciting things about that is being able to, create more complex tissue models and being able to pattern cells within that. And so a lot of our, the existing skin models or the 3D skin models just have two layers, the uh, epidermis and the dermis. But with some of these uh, fabrication technologies, you can start patterning other cell types within there. So it might be possible to uh, engineer structures like hair follicles or glands. Or then start incorporating uh, a vasculature or immune components into those models, mm-hmm. and so I think being able to, to build up that that complexity to something that more closely mimics the, the tissue mm-hmm. uh, is is quite exciting. Yeah, uh,
0: definitely. Cool. Okay. Um. So also, when you're not in the lab, what are the things you enjoy doing <laughs> in your spare time?
1: Um. So I'm. I run quite a bit. Um. And so I. Uh, try to keep up with that and do a few races uh, each year Um, though unfortunately I just uh, busted my toe uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, missed out on a a Mm race so aside from that uh, I enjoy traveling and um, I cook quite a bit.
0: So So with the traveling how did you find the transition I guess from being in the U.S. to then coming over here because I guess you did your postdoc in Cambridge with Fiona, yeah, was that your yeah. first time kind of living away from home?
1: Yeah, so that was my um, first time living outside of the US, and uh, yeah, at the time it was it was really a great opportunity, because being within the UK and in Europe, uh, it's very easy to travel uh, to other countries and see all these places, and so you could take the train and go to Paris mm-hmm. for the weekend or even the day, and uh, that opportunity is um pretty remarkable whereas mm-hmm. in the U.S. it's usually a multi-hour uh, flight and uh, the, the country is quite big and so mm-hmm. you, uh, it's, it's difficult to to have those same travel uh, opportunities so that's something that I've I've really enjoyed um, mm-hmm. since early li- while living here. Mm-hmm.
0: And do you think that that kind of I guess promotes nice like sort of scientific relationships between people that ability to just kind of you know hop around and because I guess maybe in the U.S. it's do you kind of have like the same sort of collaboration feel here as you do in the yeah. U.S. Do you?
1: Um, I think it's it's different. I think in the U.S. it is sometimes a little bit inward focus and just looks at you know what what else is going on within the U.S. and sometimes misses what's happening in the in Europe or or Asia. But at the same time, you know, I think the same thing happens in Europe and you know we look to other collaborators within Europe to uh, to work with and. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are European meetings and uh, such as the uh, European Society of Dermatological Research, and so that's a, you know, a good community for interacting and collaborating with others uh, within Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this uh, the spatial being closer together makes it makes it easier.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have any exciting collaborations at the moment, or have you had any in the past that you've had some great work with?
1: Um, yeah, there've been a, been several. Um, so, we worked with uh, a group in uh, Vienna, um, Gerhard Wietsche's lab, who had generated some. I've um, been looking at a, a protein, Plectin, which is important for mm-hmm. the control of the cytoskeleton and, and cell mechanics. Um, and we've also been doing some more work with um, biomaterials groups. So, um, a group in, in Southampton, um, Jonathan Dawson, um, who's developing different types of. Um, Biomaterials and ECM derived biomaterials that we've been trying to incorporate into our 3D printed models. Um, And then also Alexandra Marx in um, Minu in Portugal. Mm -hmm. Um, They're doing a lot of really interesting work with 3D bioprinting, particularly for uh, skin models. So we've uh, had a bit of contact with them and hope to do some more work with them in the future.
0: Okay. Um, And so I guess. Thinking forward to the next ten years, what are you kind of hoping to achieve to be the main sort of thing that your lab is known for? Yeah,
1: um, I think the three D bioprinting and developing those models is one area that we would really like to develop uh, further and become known as uh, experts in that that area. Uh, the other thing that we're really trying to develop and push forward is um, scaling up our systems and using that to take a more systems biology approach to studying the the regulatory mechanisms within the skin so if you do have these more complex models where you've got multiple different cell types interacting with each other, those become um, more complicated systems and if we can try to study those in more high throughput and also take advantage of computational models I think that will um, provide some really important insights into how the skin functions and how wounds heal and and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. So I think the the systems biology is another area where we would like to develop and, and grow over the next yeah, five to ten years.
0: Cool. Well, that's I think all we've got time for today. Thanks again. Okay. Great. Um, well, really thank you for really having, having to me. Hearing yeah. your talk yeah. later. Look forward to it. um So this has been stem cells at lunch, and okay. thank you for listening. Thank you.